popcorn. Get your popcorn here. Who wants popcorn? Word of the day, Thursday, May 27th, 2021. Popcorn is the word of the day. Haven't used that yet. I didn't realize that popcorn could ever be a projectile. When you run a stadium or an arena, you know when you get a bottle of water and they take the cap off because they're afraid you're going to throw the cap onto the court? And so you put the open water down in between your feet. And then if you stand up and cheer, which we may not remember how to do, but now that we're going back to games, you stand up and cheer and then the water spills. You go to the concession stand and you ask for a beer. And if it doesn't come in a cup, you want a bottle of beer, they open it and keep it. Everyone's worried. I'd always have meetings and briefings about security issues, things we have to be wary of whether you have 2,000 people in the stands or 20,000 people in the stands. And there's signs and that are very clear. Don't throw stuff on the field. That's it. There's not a lot of rules. Don't hold a sign that says Samson sucks. I never really bothered. That never really bothered me, but we didn't allow it because if we allowed that, then there could be a sign that says everybody sucks. Don't throw things on the field. Don't go on the field. Watch the field. That's it. Last night, there was an NBA playoff game in Philadelphia. Let me tell you something about Philadelphia. I watched so many games in Philadelphia, Marlins, Phillies, Expos, Phillies, the old stadium, the new Citizens Bank. I love Philly. I do. I love the passion of the fans. But there's something as a New Yorker with Philly and with Boston that I grew up thinking New York fans were the greatest and Philly and Boston fans were horrid. Boston fans were racist. Philly fans were rude and insane. I had some experiences with some Philly fans, some stories that I've told on this show. Coke, remember the story I told about the elevator where I was with my child and someone was talking about what an absolute jerk the president of the Marlins was and I was standing right there. It's okay. I was good with it. Good lesson for the kids. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I never really thought the popcorn would be a projectile, but last night the Wizards in falling to the Sixers, falling into an 0-2 hole. Sixers are just a better team. Russ Westbrook, the man, the triple-double champion, turned his ankle toward the end of the game. He's walking toward the the uh, locker room. And the way NBA arenas used to work back when things were nicer 50 years ago, you walk off the court, it's called you walk into a tunnel, but the reality is that you are walking just through the fans into the clubhouse. Now, they build these covers over the tunnels. They put advertisements on them. And now you get protection. And the reason why we give the players that protection is while the rule is don't throw stuff, sometimes people do. I don't get that. Who throws things at a person? Do you think because you bought a ticket and your team is either winning or losing and there's someone on the other team who you can't stand as a player, you certainly don't know Russell Westbrook as a person, so you can't hate him as a person. You don't, never met him. Can't like him, can't hate him because he's good or not good, because his team wins or doesn't win, because he's playing well or not playing well. He's walking off the court injured and someone throws popcorn on his head. 
We talk to our players often about what to do if they're impacted by fans' actions. And we tell the story of what happened in the palace. I don't remember what year it was. There was a brawl in the palace. I think it was the Pacers and the Pistons. And it bled into the stands. There was fighting in the stands, fighting against fans, and there were suspensions. It was a total nightmare for the NBA back in 2004. Thank you, Coca. So the rule is very simple. You don't go in the stands. You don't engage with fans who are rude. You get security, and there's security everywhere, and you let security take care of it. Russell Westbrook is walking out of the court, gets hit with the popcorn, and loses his mind. I thought he was going to jump into the stands. He had to get held back by security personnel, by team personnel. And then he gave a statement. He said, to be completely honest, this shit's getting out of hand, especially for me. The amount of disrespect, the amount of fans doing just whatever the F they want to do, it's just out of pocket. There are certain things that cross the line. Any other setting, a guy were to come up on the street and pour popcorn on my head, you know what happens. No, I don't. What happens? If someone pours popcorn on your head, I guess that's sort of a simple assault if some of the kernels have not been cooked and it can hurt you. You're going to go after him? You're going to get charged? That's not self-defense. You don't have to beat the crap out of somebody because popcorn's put on your head, but you certainly will get in trouble. It's not going to stick. Get it? It's not going to be sticky. I'm just bothered by the story because I want fans who are listening to this show. You've got to police yourselves and you've got to police the people around you. It took so long to get fans back in the stands post-COVID. Why screw it up? Why make it so there's even more barrier between you and your favorite players because of the actions of some dolt? Philadelphia had to apologize on behalf of its fans. We've had to apologize before on behalf of our fans, and there's a way to apologize. And Valerie Camillo, the president of baseball operations of the Wells Fargo Center where the Sixers play, she is on point. Because the rule is you have to apologize for the fan who violates the rules, who throws things on the field, who goes streaking on the field, who runs around and gets tackled by security. You've got to say, no way we allow that. But then the end of her quote is what every team has to put in. We're proud to have the most passionate fans in the country and the best home court and home ice advantage around. But this type of behavior is no place in our arena. (laughs) I like that. Do you know there's a, a TV show called Good Girls? I started watching that. I'm now sort of caught up. I may be one episode behind, but I watched the first three seasons, binged it, and now I'm watching it as it comes out weekly. And there is a uh, one of the drug dealers whose name escapes me, but he's the gang boss. His quote is always, one bad apple can spoil the bunch. I was thinking about good girls while thinking about the story and thinking about today's show because... The way we run a stadium is we have no choice but to react to the one bad apple. In the world of drugs and informants, you get rid of the bad apple by killing him or her or them, and that's it. Then you're back with the good bunch. In the real world of sports and attendance and audience, you cannot do that. 
You can't kill the bad apple. What happens is the worms from the bad apple escape from the bad apple. They crawl into the bodies of the good apples and they ruin it for everybody. So the next time you go to a ballpark and you have no access to players, you can't get autographs because there's plexiglass everywhere because people are throwing crap. Maybe you'll say to yourself, hmm, I see Russell Westbrook leaving the court. I see a guy reaching into this bag of popcorn and I'm gonna say, hey dude, you're screwing it up for us. Stop doing that, please. Oh, you know what's happening today? It's actually tomorrow, Saturday, May 29th, which is not tomorrow, Coca, my bad. Two days from now, there has been a seven-month war of attrition. It's the match the world has been waiting for. Are you ready? I'm ready. Manchester City against Chelsea. You think Mike Ryan's going to be watching the game? Just out of curiosity, maybe going to the game. The UEFA Champions League final is Saturday, May 29th at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's streaming live on Paramount+. Plus. All you have to do is visit ParamountPlus.com slash UCL, and you can start your free trial today. The thing with free trials is they're totally for suckers. I did it with Showtime because I wanted to watch a movie on Showtime. I needed to do a seven-day free trial. I calculated just for fun. I'm currently on day 69 of my seven-day free trial. I'll cancel it tomorrow. I'll cancel it the next day. I never cancel it. I started keeping track of all of my streaming costs. Holy shnikes. Anyway, get Paramount Plus. That's actually worth the monthly expense. Watch the UEFA final. Man City against Chelsea. I wonder whether or not Joe West is going to watch that on Paramount Plus. Can you picture umpires when they're not umpiring? Joe West is that umpire who's been around forever. Cowboy Joe West. One of the worst umpires, actually. He's just been around forever. He set the record. 5,376 games umpired. Bomani Jones had a great tweet about that. He said, I don't think we should be celebrating the fact that Joe West has umpired the most games in the history of Major League Baseball. It's sort of like celebrating Angel Hernandez or C.B. Buckner or Joe West. It's just not worth celebrating, but you had to. The article talking about Joe West celebrating his game where he was behind the plate in some gold chest protector calling the game between, I can't remember, it was the Cardinals and somebody. And uh, Rob Manford had to go. Rob Manford going to the game where Joe West broke the record for the most games umpired is like Bud Selig going to the game where Barry Bonds broke Hank Aaron's career home run record. You sit in the game with your hand over your nose. You get on the private plane to fly to the game, which I think was in Chicago. You're despondent beyond repair. It's the last thing you want to do. You can't wait for the game to be official so you can congratulate him and then get back on the plane and get back to New York. I guarantee you that's how it went. I was thinking about that. So Joe West then gets to umpire again and extend his record. It's sort of like, when Cal Ripken kept playing after breaking Ty Cobb's consecutive games record. The fact is you just sort of, it's whatever. It's a new record every day. So the Cardinals are playing the White Sox. The series continues. It's a big series, Tony La Russa, blah, blah, going back to manage against his old team. And something happened and you had a question about it. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. 
So you want to talk to Samson on a random Thursday morning? Get yourself half-baked, download the show, follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. You can do it. You've been doing it. Just keep doing it. So you want to talk to Samson is when you go to Twitter, David P. Samson. Go to the DMs, mine are public, mine are open. Ask a question. You never know. This was a good one. I want to talk to Samson. All right, you're talking, dude. So Joe West confiscated Cardinals pitcher Giovanni Gallegos' hat today for a foreign substance, and Cardinals manager Mike Schilt was ejected. I would love your opinions and insight on Schilt's comments after the game and how you would have handled the manager saying this and whether you know any of this to be true. Let me give you some background, just a little color here. Have you been reading about baseball, Major League Baseball and foreign substances? I think we've covered a Coke on the show a few times. Trying to get pitchers. They're really locking down now. Remember the, the old pitcher in Major League who had Vaseline on his chest and he James Gammons, the manager, comes out and says, how you feeling? I'm giving him everything I got, Skipper. I'm throwing all the crap I have. And he had, they basically what pitchers do is they put pine tar, they mix it with sunscreen, they put a little rosin in, they've got some nail clippers, they've got some saws, they've got some screwdrivers. If you ever look in the pockets of pitchers, look under their hat, look under their jersey, it's a whole thing. And it's been going on since the beginning of time. Every pitcher does it. The pitchers who say they don't do it, they've done it. You want to have control of the ball. You want to get better spin on the ball. You want better command on the ball. And guess who doesn't mind all that much? Hitters, because they don't want to get beaned in the face. Like that Met player, Pilar, got hit in the face. Stanton, other players get hit in the face. Harper got hit in the face this year, I believe. You don't want to get hit in the face when these guys are all throwing 98. So the game's going on and the way it works with foreign substances, and I've done this, I've called down to the dugout. Actually, you call the clubhouse. The clubhouse goes into the dugout to tell the bench coach what we're seeing up there. Hey, could you check on, uh, have the umpires check on the pitcher? It's so obvious. He's got something and I just, I don't want to see it. The rule is you can have whatever foreign substance you want. This is the rule between teams. When we talk with other presidents and GMs, this is how we talk. Do whatever you want, but don't make it so obvious that I have to say something. And by the way, if you're making it so obvious and you're shoving it up our keister, we're going to blow the whistle. So you call down. The umpire then goes to look. Invariably, they find stuff. Do you know that outfielder gloves can only be a certain number of inches of webbing infielder gloves? There's rules about everything. That's why we carry the rule book around, which, by the way, none of us has memorized because it's too big. So apparently in this game, someone made the umpire aware. They're claiming it was the second base umpire who noticed it, I think, on his own. Whatever. They don't care. Joe West goes to the mound. He looks at Giovanni Gallegos' hat, and he confiscates the guy's hat. He took it off because it's always about Joe West. Everything's about Joe West. Takes the hat off the guy, looks at the hat, calls in the ball boy, gives the hat. It's going to be sent to baseball for study. And Mike Schilt done lost his mind. The manager for the Cardinals lost his mind. Ends up getting ejected. And that wasn't even the best part of the story. The best part of the story is after the game, what he did. Quote, 
This is baseball's dirty little secret. And it's the wrong time in the wrong area to expose it. I got a decent chance of getting fined. Gosh, darn it. Who says that? How many people do you know who say, gosh, darn it? God dang it. But it's for the integrity of the game. Gio wears the same hat all year. Hats accrue dirt and sunscreen. No, they don't. We'll talk about that in a minute. Are these things that baseball really wants to crack down on? No, it's not. I know firsthand from the commissioner's office, there are people not even trying to hide and flipping the bird to the league for using concocted substances. It felt like a setup, to be honest with you. <gasps> Tony LaRussa involved in a setup with Joe West? No chance, toilet pants. <laughs> so Brian, so Brian Schilt, that's not his name. Mike Schilt is going to be fined by baseball. And the reason he's going to be fined by baseball, it's not even a wait to see, it's a guarantee. Mike Schilt will be fined because you cannot call into question what the league or the umpires are doing. He knows he's going to get fined. But what he said inside the quote is worth having you understand extremely clearly. Everybody knows that everybody's doing it, so why now? What's the purpose that MLB has? The purpose in MLB's mind as part of the Theo plan to increase pace of action, to decrease the true outcomes of baseball, which are walks, strikeouts, and home runs, is you've got to give some advantage to the offense. And by the way, these offenses need it because they're all hitting 230 or below. I think we're setting a record. The most strikeouts ever, the worst batting average ever. And fans are bored, apparently. And so what they're trying to do is change the advantage. Level the playing field. In order to level the playing field, they're looking at moving the mound back. They're looking at enforcing strike zones. They're looking at robotic strike zones and robotic umps. They're looking at expanding the size of the bases to make it easier to steal bases and to get to first a little bit faster by making the base a quarter of an inch or a half an inch bigger. And they're also spending time on these foreign substances. The problem is there's no support from any part of the union for that rule change, for that enforcement, because of the danger it poses to players. And when Mike Schilt goes public saying that the league knows about this and why are they choosing to enforce it now? He knows the answer because he's involved in the meetings because the managers get spoken to by the commissioner during winter meetings time. And they're aware of what rules are going to be basically enforced. Managers are met with by commissioner's office representatives when they go around to each spring training site, which they do every single spring training. And on top of that, when owners and presidents are spoken to during owners meetings, they go back to their GMs about things that are going on. And the GMs then speak to the managers about things that were discussed at the owners meeting and certain things that are now going to be enforced more than ever. So Mike Schilt knew that these enforcements were happening. He was aware of it. I'm completely supportive of my manager making those comments because there's no question when Tony LaRusso is involved, there's going to be shenanigans. And when Joe West is involved, there's going to be shenanigans. There's also no question that Gallegos has used the same hat. Players try to cheat the system and take a look back at like Hanley Ramirez's helmet. Martin Prado used to have a ton of pine tar on his uniform that would come from his bat because he put a ton of pine tar on his bat. And in his warmups, he would put his bat on the back of his back. 
Hanley Ramirez would have so much pine tar in the front of his hat. They touch the brim of their hat, and it helps them get a better grip on the bat. Pitchers, when you look at their hat, they're going to their hat all the time. They're taking their hat off. They're wiping their brow. You mix sweat with pine tar, with resin, with some sunscreen. Of course, they're claiming melanoma. I like when players used to put sunscreen on when we would have the roof closed. That was always my favorite because I would say to them, there's no doubt the lights we have at Marlins Park, those are strong. I mean, you're talking like a UV index of eight. You're going to need some 50 SPF. So they put it there under their under their sleeve. It's a cluster. It's just something that's totally known, though. The way I would have handled the manager, you're asking that question, I would have gone down. I would have spoken to the manager before he met the media. I would have told the manager what he should be saying. He would have said, here's what I want to say. I would have said, no problem. It's going to be about a ten dollars to $25,000 fine. We'll pay the fine. You go do it. Or I'd go down and tell the manager, I know what you're going to say. It's going to be a fine. I don't want you to say it. If you say it, we're going to take it out of your paycheck. This is an example where I would have said, please, Go ahead, have at it with Joe West, have at it with Tony La Russa. have at it with it's a setup. I got you covered. You reap what you sow. So you want to talk to Samson. Thank you for that. I have a new word, except Coca said it's a word that was invented 12 years ago. I don't know how that's possible. Twitsplosion. It's going to be the word of the day until Coca said it was 2009 when people tweet so much that their Twitter like explodes or collapses or I have no idea. I've, ne I've never seen the public have the power that they have right now. It used to be when we did things the public didn't like, they'd boo, they'd vote with their wallets, they wouldn't come to games. There'd be an article in the paper that would become tomorrow's toilet paper. You'd bury the story. You'd ask the local papers to bury the story. You wouldn't respond, the story would die. The internet started, social media started, and that doesn't happen anymore. Power to the people. Somehow, you all have way more power than you used to have, and it's a total pain in the ass to those of us trying to run these sports teams. New Era is a company that makes caps. The other day, New Era came out with a new caps. They're called the local hats. Have you read about these? Did you buy yours? You better have gone quickly because they're no longer available. What happened was each team got a new hat. The reason why New Era comes up with new hats all the time is because they want you to buy another hat that's different. And it's a way of them getting incremental revenue and the team's getting incremental revenue. I have a small surprise for you and a little piece of information. People in Tampa were going crazy because the Tampa local hat had the 813 area code on it. They put area codes on hats, which was funny. Coca had the line of the day when he said if they did that in football with New York Giants and the New York Jets have the 212 area code on it, but not the 973. I'll bet you a dollar that's right. So Tampa's area code was 813, except they play in the 727. There was no 727. There's a lot going on with Tampa wanting to move out of the 727, either into the 813 or maybe the 514. Imagine if they put the 514 on the Tampa Bay hat instead of the 727. Now we're talking passive aggressive awesomeness. Tampa people were pissed. They said, you're the Tampa Bay race. You got to put 813 on there, which they did. But you play in St. Pete. You got to put the 727 on there, which they didn't. And then they put poutine on the Blue Jays hat. Folks, poutine is Quebec. 
not Ontario. Then they put a boom box on the New York hat. Is that a little racist? A little stereotypical? Do people even know what the boom boxes are anymore? Greatest Hanukkah present I ever got was the first boom box I ever got. That's after, of course, getting a desk set five years in a row. But when I was younger, I would get, I got my first boom box where you put cassette tapes in. I would, I was never allowed to have it leave the house. But I used to walk around and people are playing their own music. This is before headphones or Walkman. They were called boom boxes. The point is there was so much crap put on these hats that Twitter exploded and new era pulled them. So the little secret is this. If New Era takes the blame for these failed hats, that's super nice of them. But every hat that New Era releases that is a team hat, get ready for it. One, two, three. They all get approved by the team. <laughs> that was funny. I almost died just now, Coca. That was it. That could have been it. Do you know where I am, Coco? Would you be able to find me? Oh, heavenly God. Okay. Are you aware that teams have to approve the hat and the wording on the hat and the logo on the hat and the placement of everything on the hat? It gets sent to your marketing department. They then show it to the president who shows it to the owner. There is a formal approval process and then the hat gets manufactured. Purposeful, that's for sure. All right, when we come back, we're going to review a movie that absolutely blew my mind. We've got a good wait to see that came true finally, and we are going to get to what is going on with A-Rod and Minnesota and whether or not his purchase of the Timberwolves may have a small problem. We'll be right back. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Today is Thursday. Thank you for telling your friends about our show. Thanks for making it through the gauntlet of the drops and the ads and the reads and all the things that successful podcasts have. We're successful because of you. Literally, just because of you. Coke and I are just the conduit to get information, trendy topics to you, give you two sides to a story, tell you what's going on behind the scenes, and then you make decisions for yourself. You know, we watch a movie every day, every day. Every day I write the book. I, Dolores. So what's happening now with nothing personal 
listeners and followers and subscribers is I'm getting a lot of movie suggestions and I do keep a list. It's going to be hard to get to all of them because I'd have to watch a movie every day for the next 20 years to do it. Maybe we'll still be doing this 20 years from now. Maybe I'll still be watching a movie 20 years from now because I've been doing it for 20 years. Someone told me to watch I, Dolores. I had no idea what it was. And what's even funnier is it got auto-corrected to I, Dolores. So I put I, Dolores on my list. I searched I, Dolores, couldn't find it. And I didn't want to give up. So I re-DM'd the guy and said, or the woman, I don't know who it is, and six, I don't know if names are real or not real on Twitter, and said, could it be this movie, I'd be I Dolores? And the response was, damn, autocorrect. And I said, I can relate to that. I Dolores is a true story. It is a documentary slash reenactment of activities that happened in the IRA. Does anyone know the story of Northern Ireland and the fighting that went on between the Republicans, the army and the British soldiers, the bombings that happened in England back in the 80s, 90s, before there was a ceasefire. It was bad there. I mean, you just, the thought of being in Northern Ireland and Belfast, no chance, not gonna go. Well, there was a woman, her name is Dolores, and she gave an interview to a member of the media on one condition. I will tell you everything about what I did. All the people who I know got killed. All the people who I know got disappeared. All of the bombs that I helped set off. The one condition is you cannot release this interview until I'm dead. Well, she's dead and it got released and they did a movie about it. The reenactments of the movie were ridiculous, but the story is shocking. I did not know that this woman this relatively famous member of the IRA who eventually had a change of heart about the things she had done after spending a long time in prison, including like a 200 day hunger strike. Do you remember back when hunger strikes, I'm not talking about in the times of Gandhi, I'm talking about what was going on. People were doing prison hunger strikes and eventually the British authorities had to let her out of prison because of these hunger strikes because she was gonna die. Do you know what I learned in this documentary? This woman, Dolores, was married and raised a family with Stephen Ray. Stephen Ray is the guy from The Crying Game. If you haven't seen The Crying Game with Jay Davidson, I beg you to see that movie. Watch The Crying Game first. Then I'd like you to watch I, Dolores. And then in a triple feature, watch In the Name of the Father with Daniel Day-Lewis and Pete Postlewaite which is in my top 100 movies about a trial of men who were accused of a bombing all as part of the IRA and the war that was going on. I suggest all three movies, you will learn something. I don't wanna spoil anything other than to say that Dolores, while she may have not been a good person for what she had done, was doing it for a reason that many wars are fought over. I, Dolores, thank you for the suggestion. Whoever sent that to me, keep those suggestions coming. How would you like to be Mickey Calloway today? Yeah, I wouldn't either. Mickey Calloway, do you remember Wait to See is when we tell you something's gonna happen and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, but either way we revisit it. Mickey Calloway, there was an article written about him on February 1st, I believe. And it was a expose saying that this guy is a serial sexual harasser. 
a serial nude photo guy, just bad. And everybody knew it. Everybody hit it because he was a good pitching coach, good manager. Believe me, everyone knew it. Worst kept secret in baseball. On February 2nd, 2021, I said the Angels are going to terminate Mickey Calloway. Well, yesterday it happened. That wait to see is a yes. I'm going to follow up that wait to see by telling you that now that Mickey Calloway has been terminated by the Angels, and now that the Major League Baseball commissioner has ended his quote-unquote investigation of Mickey Calloway and found that he violated MLB policy with his actions, and they have suspended him for life. He's done. He's allowed to appeal for reinstatement after the 2022 season. So it's in theory, a two year suspension and you can appeal to come back in. Maybe he'll go through counseling. Maybe he'll find his way back in. Here's the wait to see about Mickey Calloway. He's done as a major league coach. He's done as a major league manager. And we're going to have this wait to see expire opening day 2023 if Coke and I are still around. I don't mean above ground. I mean, if nothing personal is still around, which will really be entirely up to you because we love doing it every day. Opening day of 23, we'll revisit this wait to see. Mickey Calloway's not getting another job. People were wondering why I tweeted that Mickey Calloway should have been terminated a long time ago by the Angels. And all of you legal heads out there said, you know very well in California law, you can't terminate an employee when there's a pending investigation for an action that he denied doing or she denied doing or they denied doing. Horse hockey. You can terminate anybody you want as long as you keep paying them. I don't care what state you're in. Don't at me with the law of your state. I can terminate you anytime I want if you are under contract for cause, for no cause, for my cause. All I got to do is pay you. The Angels could have paid Mickey Calloway and terminated him, and that would have been the end of him. Instead, they waited for the MLB investigation to be complete, and then they released a statement saying, thank you, MLB, for your investigation. We're terminating. You needed MLB and their Department of Investigations to tell you that you need to terminate? It would have taken my HR department 10 minutes to do that investigation. Mickey Calloway released a very long statement. I wonder how he got his family to agree to this. He said, my family and I fully support MLB's strong stance against harassment and discrimination and are grateful to the commissioner and his office for their throw investigation. Horse hockey, they're not grateful. They don't support it. And then of course, he got good advice. I apologize to the women who shared with investigators any interaction that made them feel uncomfortable. That is passive aggressive and I'm calling you out, Mickey. They shared it with you too. Don't just say they shared it with the investigators. You knew very well how uncomfortable it was what you did to women. And all of a sudden, these same women were never near you. They never wanted to be near you on the field or off the field. To be clear, never put that in a statement, by the way, Mickey. Your word should be clear without saying to be clear. To be clear, I never intended to make anyone feel this way. I just want to be clear about that. I don't want to mince any words. I never intended to sexually harass anybody or ask for nude pics or send nude pics. I never intended that to be an issue. I thought it was game on. She looked at me. She wanted some information. She was doing her job. I wanted to help her do her job. And I thought the best way to help her do her job was to show her my bare chest. Hmm. Interesting. I guess that works if you're in Chippendales. 
I never intended to make anyone feel this way and didn't understand that these interactions might do that or violate MLB policies. You were doing so well, Mickey. <sighs> He's done. He's just done. It's about damn time. All right. Nothing personal pick of the day. So I keep track of the pick of the day record and I had the wrong record yesterday. Uh, after winning, we're now 74. We were 73 and 48 going into last night's game. We won last night. We're 74 and 48. We are 26 games above 500. We are kicking some serious butt right now. I told you Tyler Glasnow would have a good game. I didn't realize the Rays would need 10 innings to beat the Royals. Glasnow gave you eight. And the Rays won. 74 and 48. I got a game for you to watch tonight, even though NBA is on. I'd like you to watch Pablo Lopez pitch for the Marlins. He is one of the best young pitchers in baseball. The Marlins have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. And wait till Sixto Sanchez comes back, if he ever comes back. But I would like to tell you, as they're playing the Phillies, do you remember, Coca, when the season started and I gave what my MLB surprises would be? One of them is the A's would have a better record than the Angels. I like where I'm headed on that one. The other one is that the Marlins would have a better record than the Phillies. People thought I was crazy. Because A, you thought I hate the Marlins, which is not true. B, you thought I, you think that I thought, you thought that I think that Jeter doesn't know what he's doing. That has nothing to do with the fact that there's some good players. Some of them were already there. Who is responsible for that? Marlins playing the Phillies. JT's hurt, Realmuto. Bryce Harper's on the IL. Phillies just stink. Bullpen still stinks. Girardi, it's bad. Lopez and the Marlins are gonna beat the Phillies. Just wait. We're 74 and 48. Okay. Do you remember yesterday or last month? There was a lawsuit. Coca, please help me. I'm completely blanking. We talked about a partner lawsuit, not Daniel Snyder and his limited partners. There's another lawsuit. Ah, the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't remember when we talked about it. Remember the limited partners of the Rays are suing Stu Sternberg? And I went through that lawsuit and all the sort of ins and outs. Guess what happened yesterday? There's another lawsuit from more limited partners. Not against Stu Sternberg, different sport. Let's talk about Glenn Taylor. Glenn Taylor is the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Glenn Taylor just cut a deal with Alex Rodriguez to sell the Timberwolves to A-Rod and his partner, whose name is, it could be Mark Lore, but there's no question I may have that wrong. I'm really getting into the brain today. So what's the lawsuit? What's the issue? Well, everyone's talking about how A-Rod is now the owner of the Timberwolves and how he went to Minnesota and he rented a boat and he went on all the 10,000 lakes one at a time. He calculated them. He was crying out, Jen, where art thou? Jen, I miss you. Are you here? Hello, hello, hello. You can actually get echoes on the 10,000 lakes. Hello, hello, hello. I want to tour the facility. I love you, Minnesota. And I told you that A-Rod is not exactly moving to Minnesota. And you told me, no, it's not true. And Glenn Taylor said to you, don't worry, Minnesotans. A-Rod's here and he's not going anywhere. I promise you it's going to be in the contract that he can't move the Timberwolves. And I said to you, that's not going to be in the contract. 
nobody's going to put in the contract that you have to keep a team in a place because I would not as a lawyer or as someone who has bought and sold teams for an owner, I would never allow there to be a contract saying this team can never move. It's the whole purpose. You're going to need a new stadium and a new arena. You're going to have to have leverage. If you have an agreement that says you can never move, you think you're going to get public financing? No. You think A-Rod bought that team to keep it in Minnesota? But that's not even the lawsuit. Glenn Taylor's minority partners are suing him. His limited partners are suing him because of something called tag-along rights. Tag-along rights are what limited partners ask for and they often receive when they buy into a partnership. Because as I told you with Stu Sternberg and the Rays and George Steinbrenner and the Yankees, when he, what he told me, there is nothing so limiting as being a limited partner. You have no say in anything. You have to give money when you're asked for it or else your shares get diluted. You have to pay taxes on phantom income. You have to buy tickets and you can't go in the clubhouse. Other than that, it's a great deal. In return for giving money to the general partner, including a management fee in all cases, even if they tell you they're not getting a management fee, there's a management fee. It may come in the form of use of a private plane or whatever it comes in the form of, but general partners are paid to run a partnership. What a general partner gives to a limited partner more times than not is something called a tag-along right. What a tag-along right means is that when the general partner is selling control, his controlling interest of the team to someone else, the person who's buying may be forced to also buy the limited partner shares that have these tag-along rights. Literally, it means you can tag along with the general partner when the general partner is selling the general partnership, the controlling interest to someone else. Why does a limited partner ask for these tag along rights? Because when you want to buy a sports team, you don't care about owning 100% of the team. You want to buy the controlling interest in the team. You want to be in the room where it happens. You want to own that general partnership piece, that controlling piece. You don't want to own limited partner shares. Who cares? So when the limited partners want to sell their shares or monetize their investment, it is very difficult to find people other than the existing general partner who may and often buy those limited partner shares. It's difficult to find another limited partner to buy your limited partnership shares from you. Therefore, you ask for and receive these tag along rights. So when your general partner sells, whoever buys has to buy your shares too. The Timberwolves limited partners are saying, hey, I want my money. You sold for one and a half billion dollars. I own 10% of the team. Give me a buck 50 right now. Thank you. Glenn Taylor said, uh -uh. that's not how this worked. We didn't sell the team to A-Rod, huh? I read in the New York Post that A-Rod bought the team and he's in Minnesota. He's touring the um, facilities with Benefer. Well, that's not exactly what happened. What happened is A-Rod and Mark Lore are becoming limited partners in the Timberwolves, but they have what's called a path to control. A path to control is when you own limited partnership shares and over time you can buy more shares and more shares. And then at a certain time, you have the right, but not the obligation to buy the controlling interest. 
Tag-along rights come with the sale of the controlling interest. Glenn Taylor said to the limited partners, the controlling interest has not been sold. Your tag-along rights have not been granted. The limited partners say, come on, you know that this deal calls for a stepped transaction. You know that they're buying control over time. Give me my money now. And by the way, I don't want to be associated with you, Glenn Taylor or A-Rod or Mark Lore, because you lied to our fans. You told our fans multiple times that you're going to put in this contract that the Timberwolves are staying in Minnesota. And now you're backtracking. And you only backtracked, Glenn, because you were asked. And you then said, listen, I thought it was going to be in the contract. But the truth of the matter is the NBA is in charge of whether a team moves, not me. So if they want to move the team, they're going to have to get permission from the NBA. Really? NSS. That means no shit, Sherlock. Of course, the NBA has to approve any move. But Glenn, you promised us that you wouldn't even let them ask the NBA to move to Seattle or Vegas. It's an absolute nightmare going on in Minnesota. Here's how this lawsuit ends. There will not be an arbitrator who will agree that the tag-along rights have been triggered by this stepped transaction. They will get triggered when the control piece is sold, whether that's within 12 months or 24 months. And A-Rod better be ready to come up with the money to not just buy out Glenn Taylor's shares, but also the tag-along shares of the minority partners because it's going to happen. But right now, A-Rod is worried about getting the money for the next step, the next little chunk that he has to buy as he increases his percentage. He's got to come up with that money first. Everyone breathe. The Timberwolves aren't going anywhere right now. On the other hand, don't necessarily believe Glenn Taylor when he says that A-Rod's not going to spend $1.5 billion for the team and then another $2 billion relocation fee. Who would ever do that? Well, you know very well on Nothing Personal, never say never. And you also know very well on Nothing Personal that sometimes it's just business. Sorry, Minnesota fans. Bye-bye. It's Nothing Personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.